Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Rehap Up podcast, where every week we come together, we talk all about the nonsense that is 90 Day Couples on this franchise. Now, we're here to talk about episode 10, of course, of season seven of Happily Ever After, where we're following the journeys of couples that have made it through the 90 Day process. But are they happily ever after? Question mark. Question mark is very key here. Um, I'm very excited to announce the debut of someone coming back to the podcast for this season, their first time. Uh, they are my co-hosts, of course, for The Mass Singer. They co- they host the Rehap Up Drag Race podcast, and they co-host the Lego Masters podcast, on top of being the co-host of the RHAP BNB. I'm talking about one person and one person only, of course. It is Liana Boris. Liana, how are you doing today? Oh, thank you, Puya. I normally come on. I say, oh, I'm so excited to be here. And look, don't get me wrong. I'm excited to talk to you. I'm not so excited about the couples that have been on the season, which is why it's taken me so long to like get my button gear and finally actually watch the season, which I will say I did binge on a fast speed <laughs> over a couple of days to catch up. But you know what? I'm here now. I have a ton of thoughts. And so I can't wait to get into everything with you. I'm happy to have you back here. Um, obviously, you and I started watching 90 Day kind of at the same time. You watched a season before I did and then said we should watch this together. And then the rest is history. Here we are. So you're typically up to date with 90. But it did take you a little bit to to dig out of the I'm not watching 90 Day slump. And then <sighs> next thing I know, you caught up with the whole season. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, OK, here, so here, here's the deal. At the end of the day, the couples that are on this season I do not care about. There's individuals that I think are okay, and then I hate everyone else. So I think that it was really tough when I saw this initial cast announced to be like, oh, great. I took a break, 
But as soon as I started watching it, I was immediately drawn back in again, even though I do not like the couples on the season and nothing so far has really even happened in this season. It feels like we watched the same episode like three times in a row. I, cu- I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself wanting to talk trash on them and like <laughs> go make memes and go read the subreddit to see what everybody was saying. It just, I, it's, it's, it's my own little sub addiction thing that I just like can't get over. So you know what? I'm, I'm back on the 90 day train. There is just a lot of nonsense going on. What can I say? It pulls me back in every time. Every time, even when it's bad, it finds a way to bring you bring one back in. And I will say, you know, looking through subreddit and and reading engagement posts about the show, it's very clear that we as a as a audience, we are all in the same boat here as far as this mm-hmm. cast goes. I'm not seeing anyone say, you know what? This has been a very, very easy and malleable season of 90 Day <laughs> to consume. I've been I've been having a great time with it. I'm not seeing you know- that engagement. Yeah, I really love all the couples that are on this season. That's just, you know what? They're just so fun. I just, I'm so excited to see another season of Michael and the abuser Angela. I just, it's just my favorite thing. I love it. You know what this show needs? More Big Ed. Why has Big Ed not been on the show for two seasons? Let's bring him back. Okay, can we just stop down for one second and just reemphasize the fact that neither of the, they're both American. There's no, there's no visa involved. Like, is that not the whole point of 90 Day Fiance is that there at least at one point in time was some type of immigration? And like, I get it. Big Ed and um, shoot, what was her name? Eh. Rose. Rose. Like, okay, <laughs> eh. fine. Eh. <laughs> You're my best view. Eh. like yeah okay sure that's how that's how we started fine but that's not the situation anymore okay get uh, that or go back to the single life you know what i'm saying like don't don't whatever it's fine it's fine everything's fine Uh, that's fine everything's fine you're fine and yeah i mean you're not wrong though but i feel like at this point in the 90 day universe they play fast and loose with all of the formats at the right because uh, some of these couples are not married. Some of these couples, like you said, are not. Uh, they're both American. So they were never really part of the 90 day process. They were more so in the single life franchise that have now been pushed into the into the canon of the show. So that's what we're dealing with yeah. here. You know, I, I guess. I, <laughs> yeah. OK. All right. I guess that's true, because technically. So Kim and Usman should be on before the 90 days. Right. Because they still they've not done the 90 days yet. It, yeah, exactly. Liz and Ed just they just need to be put in a trash can and never talked about again. But they should at least least Ed should be on the single life if you're going to put them somewhere. Michael and Angela at least technically are married. Jovi and Yara married. Libby and Andre fine. Jenny and Submit. You could you could put them on happily ever after. You could also put them. You could put them on the the other other way. way. Yeah, which is where they were. um, Mm -hmm. You know, for a bit. So, but you're you're right. I I think it's all. There's no rules anymore right this is just like whatever matt sharp has concocted it's just it's 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 all a mishmash of disaster yeah and and you know they're gonna keep bringing it back i feel like one of the things i've noticed with 90 day and tlc in particular is that if someone got memed pretty hard during their season they'll bring them back whether or not they are unsavory Right. Mm-hmm. They they still bring him back. And that's kind of what we're we're stuck with here with Happily Ever After is remember all these couples you memed on them. Right. We'll bring him back. It's like, well, no, we, we kind of didn't want to see any of them. We were OK with memeing them and moving on. So you're not going to get the same level of memes like you're not going to get a sequel that's going to make anyone happy here. But anyway, 
I feel like we've talked enough about that. Um, oh, well, I was just gonna, okay. Can I just add one more thing? The thing is, is like, okay, so for example, Angela, okay, let's talk about Angela. In the beginning, before we learned what an abuser she was, fine, yeah, you're gonna meme her, it's gonna be funny. But after five seasons or however many they've been on, because it was like before the 90 days, then another, then regular 90 day, then another happily ever after, it's just, I'm, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. I'm Debbie. I'm done. I'm over it. I, I I agree with you that it's like, oh, well, there was initially, yeah, a lot to talk about with them. And oh, Mimi, oh, Big Ed has no neck. Ha ha. But like, I, it's, it's, it's just both of those couples have fallen to such a gross territory that it's just so uncomfortable. Right. And, and here we are talking about them once Yay. more. <laughs> oh boy. Let's go. All right. Well, we're not going to kick off with any of those couples. Instead, yeah, let's gross. go over to Jenny and Sumit, who, have had quite a bit of a story here in that they've pretty much now catapulted into becoming the main couple whose story we're following. They had the most content this week. So obviously the last time we spoke about them, they had come back from their honeymoon. Sumit has this idea that he wants to reconcile with his parents now that they're back. Uh, He goes to meet up with some of his family. His mom doesn't show up. His aunt shows up with his brother and that didn't go well. Uh, but in the middle of all this, Samin had the bright idea of, you know, my parents really want to have grandkids. And maybe if I, if I have a kid, that could help reconcile this whole situation. Now, before we dive into what happened this episode, Liana, can you run me through? Because I'm very intrigued by the way you have consumed the show. Because as someone who I know watches the show week in, week out and, and keeps up with all of it, you had the benefit of watching the arc pretty much within the span of a week of nine episodes of build up. What have your thoughts been on Jenny and Sumit here? Oh my gosh, I wish you had asked me this like five days ago when I watched the bulk of the season because now it's just all a complete blur. But let me tell you what I remember about them in the season and you can tell me what I'm missing. Okay, all right. here's what happened. So, one, they got married. Two, Sumit's parents rejected him and there was like a big fight and it was pretty funny, not gonna lie. Then they went on a honeymoon. And they tried the Kama Sutra class, and now they're back home. Did I miss anything? I mean, no. That's a good, like, a uh, sixty-second summary <laughs> of everything you have seen. Yeah. Uh, but do you have any thoughts on that? Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I just want first. I just want to make sure I wasn't missing anything. Okay, so those were also. I think that gives you an idea of kind of what my major takeaways uh, from them so far this season. So, in terms of their conflict, right? It's been. The issue with the parents, but that's always been an issue. And them just jumping ahead and getting married obviously wasn't going to solve anything. But like, OK, go, go off. So then the other thing is, is that now I feel like even more so than usual, which we've talked about in previous seasons there. Oh, they've got this big age difference, you know, that's going to catch up with them at some point. And I really do feel like we're seeing a lot of those growing pains here and now. And I don't know if it's the fact that they are officially married, that their lifestyle has changed at all but the whole idea of like Samit not working at all and just being home but then what do they even do like what does Jenny do all day she's not really cleaning she's not really cooking like but they don't really go anywhere they don't really do anything how are they filling their hours that's what uh, I'm yeah hearing. yeah what when Jenny wakes up in the morning like okay so you wake up you know, uh, we've seen her make chai tea before. Okay, she, uh, you have a tea, but like then, then what? Like what? What happens next? <laughs> what? Like, do you watch Netflix all day? Do you like you don't go anywhere without him? Like, what? 
yeah, what what is what is it? What do you what do you do all day? You know, that's a very curious question you bring up because you know the two of us as a couple we went through the the lockdown, the pandemic of being pretty much isolated to just us two in a house all day. Um, you had work, you were working from home. I didn't have work when I first moved in. So, but I still, you know, I had the cleaning, making the food, getting the groceries. So like I had some stuff to do. And then on our downtime, we would, yeah, spend time together, watch shows together, play games together. So we, that's how we did it. But even I remember like five months into it, it was like, okay, we need something new. I, I we I need to so change bored. it. I, I'm like, I don't know how it happened, but I'm bored. I'm bored of the shows. I'm bored of playing these games. I need something different. It sounds like Jenny's just content with what they were doing. I was like, yeah, more of this, please. Whereas Sumit, because I, I've talked about this on the podcast already, but Sumit, to me, it seems like we're seeing a different side to him, a more go-getter, wants-to-be-productive Sumit. And that's kind of where the bulk of the episode took us here because Sumit is about to have his first big day back at work. So him and his friend Rohit have opened up a business together, that business being a delivery res- kitchen restaurant. And he's going to be going into work doing that. But what baffled me here is that, so he says he doesn't want to live the retired life like Jenny. Fair enough. Cool, cool, cool. Um, he wants to make more money for them so that they can live a good life here. Not even He wants America to be off the idea chain for Jenny. He doesn't want that at all. But what we learn here is that he says, okay, we don't have anything in the fridge. We're at the honeymoon. Uh, Jenny you can go into town and buy some basic ingredients. And she was like, what, alone? I don't, that is a foreign concept to me. Which then we learned that she has never gone out on her own, which kind of shocked me. I'm not going to lie to you, because she's been living there, what, a half a decade almost? Three, four years? Well, she said three years, right? But I think that was when she first moved there for him, not including the time she was living there before the whole thing. Like, when she was brought into the parents' house. Like, remember whole, that whole drama before? Where it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, This yeah. was before they were on 90, right? Where she Which was like, is, brought into the parents' house and they lied and hmm, all that stuff. Good point. Which then honestly baffles me further. You've never wanted to venture out on your own at any point? Right. I Okay. So the whole retired lifestyle. Maybe this is because I have like overachiever parents. But first of all, my mom is out doing a million things a day as part of her quote retired lifestyle and my dad is no slouch either he's like playing tennis he's playing basketball he's going hiking he's you know like he's still taking care of some contracting work stuff like and i would say he's the one who's you know maybe like compared to at least my mom like doing the least but he's still going out and like doing stuff so i i get that there is probably she feels awkward with you know moving to a new place it's a new culture maybe she doesn't feel comfortable but I, I just, I just, she's, I, I mean, maybe she's, look, obviously she's comfortable and she's cool with it, but I just could not imagine not wanting to explore and kind of go out on your own. Right. Well, like, so then for me to talk about my parents for a second here, um, neither of them, like, you know, you're, you're listing off all these like active hobbies, right? Like sports and, and stuff like that, or hiking, um, with my mom, she's a very social person. so. Even when she's home, she's calling her family in Sweden. She's talking to this person, her neighbor. So she's very socially active. She fills up the hours of the day by talking to people, keeping up with people, all that stuff. My dad, you know, he has a garden. 
He does his own thing, but he's still keeping active, watching soccer here and there, you know, like keeping up with some stuff. Whereas with, with Jenny and Sumit, it sounds very much like the, their life during lockdown was completely entangled because he wasn't working and she wasn't working. So mm-hmm. they just had time to spend, but that free time was spent together. But even then, I would say I'm surprised because she's lived there three, the last three years were counting, but she was also mm-hmm. living there before. She hasn't picked up the language at all. Um, and then she was like very much like, oh my God, I, uh, why am I going about by myself? This is strange. Um, and she says that she hopes she doesn't, uh, he doesn't expect this every day because she doesn't want that to be the case. She doesn't want that to be the way they're living where she has to do this stuff on her own. Well, maybe, okay, maybe you can provide some insight on this because like what I would say is maybe the most similar thing that I can think of that maybe we can try to relate to them on is in this scenario, you're Jenny. Yes. And you just you move. <laughs> Sorry about that. I mean, I'm Smith. You're so Smith. Like, you're I not know, better yeah. off than me. I, I think <laughs> I still win the deal here in a way. So I think so too. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um. So okay. Sorry, I just all I can think about is the distended navel thing. And like, that's just stuck in my brain. I'm going to shut that down and we're going to continue. So she moved to a place where she didn't know anybody, you know, completely different vibe, like obviously huge cultural differences, all of that. And so I'm sure like you felt a lot of that, too, of like, oh, you're the only person that I have here, you know, and so you kind of anchor on to that person because naturally they're sort of the one thing, you know, in this new place. But at the same time, like you started to gain independence, even though it did end up being a still a lot of stuff online. And I wouldn't say like you do a lot of stuff in person here, but you still have something that is like, you know, yours, that is your own identity that you've built here. Yeah. One of the main driving forces behind me starting to, you know, get my streaming going on off the ground and, and you know, start streaming full time was that was um I started getting to this place where. I obviously love spending time with you. I love, you know, living together. I was very happy that I moved, but also part of me felt like I have nothing that's my own. I have nothing mm-hmm. that's, that gives me identity right now beyond our relationship. And it was right. important to me and I think important to you that I found something that I could sink my teeth into to, you know, help the relationship. And mm-hmm. that helped big time. Because I still enjoyed seeing you. I still enjoyed spending time with you. Uh, once, um, <laughs> wait. I, sh- I should hope so. <laughs> let, yeah, of course. I mean, all of this is of course. Let's stop this. Um, obviously, when you started, when you went, started uh, your work opened up and you stopped working from home and you started going to work, you know, I'm during, throughout the day, I'm home on my own. But when you came home, I was very excited to see you. But even then, uh, we got to a place where it was like, okay, it's very clear Liana needs some her time when she's home because at work, she's at work. So it's all, again, it's all about communicating. It's all about, mm-hmm. uh, growing together, evolving together and getting to the same place, whether it's through communication, through compromise, or quite honestly, most of the time through a hybrid of the two. I feel like with them, they're starting to shift. One of them starting to shift and, and, quote, evolve into their next phase, next stage. One of them is like, I was comfortable settling where we are now um, or moving to the U.S. That's what I want to do next. And they're on they're not on the same page. 
They're just they're just not on the same page. And I mean, what's their age difference? Like 30 something years? I think at least 30. Yeah. Right. That's I mean, that's really tough. Right. And of course, you you do things with your partner, but your whole identity does not become your partner. And I think with Jenny being in India specifically, I feel like her world is only him. And that's it. Like there there is nothing else. And so that's why when he talks about like, oh, I might have to work you know, more work seven days a week or something, then obviously that's a huge shock from what she's used to, which is him being around all the time. Although I will say, I think there's multiple layers to this because when Samit was talking about what he wants to make more money. So, and I quote, he said, we can forget about going to America. So I also think that part of this is he wants to get out. Obviously he probably wants to feel independent, but he also wants to prevent them from ever moving to America. Plus there's this whole kid business, which like, I don't even. He hasn't brought that up to her yet. Right. So that's going to come so. up later. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm sure they had that conversation where Jenny's like, yeah, I'm not having kids. We're not having kids. And it's like, yeah, we're not having kids. We're not having kids. So I feel like that was something they probably discussed. And th- that's going to be an absolute disaster when he ever tries to bring it up. But then there's another layer, I think, of also, you know, Jenny being like, oh, are you just going to like go out and get drunk with your friends all the time? <laughs> but I'm sure that's part of him wanting at least some independence. Like, yeah, of course, he should be able to go out with his friends every once in a while. I'm not going to be like all the time. But yeah, I just think there's a lot of layers here. It's like why he wants to do this. He's not communicating, obviously, not being explicit about what exactly he needs and how they can work together to find something that actually works for the both of them. I mean, it's just huge age gap showing. Right. It's, it's very much showing here. And I think, dare I say, that maybe lockdown, maybe the pandemic is what caused this problem. Because mm-hmm. I think the lockdown, because you have to li- you have to stay inside, you have to stay together, you, you have to remain in your bubble. And I feel like all of those play to what Jenny's vision was for their future. Whereas mm-hmm. Sumit saw it as a temporary thing doesn't mean he didn't enjoy spending time with her. But that's what he thought was his reality, like the, the reality for now. Now that mm-hmm. they're on the other side of it, there's quite a few reasons why he's pushing to now go to work and stuff, but Jenny's not ready to to leave that. Jenny's mm-hmm. used to that. And she's like, this is, you know, and, and especially Jenny seems like more of a creature of habit than he may be. So mm-hmm. she was like, oh, what was wrong with this? Are you unhappy with how everything was? And it's like, well, that's not mm-hmm. the case. I just, you know, I'm trying to go back into what I was vision envisioning for us. So anyway, all of that to say, so then Sumit goes to work. We'll get back to him in a second. Jenny goes shopping, which also actually I do want to say this. I, I believe if I remember correctly in one of the former seasons when they first moved in together, they lived in a more dangerous neighborhood. Right. So Jenny couldn't really go out on her own. But it seems like they're in a better neighborhood now for, uh, you know, to compare and contrast the two. So Jenny goes shopping and Jenny gets swindled left, right and center. So she goes to buy some veggies from this vendor and, uh, you know, she's picking some stuff up. The vendor's like, nope, I will not sell you this unless you buy a kg. I don't do half a kg. Sorry. So you have to buy more. Uh, oh, no, ma'am, you can't buy just one piece. You have to buy more, which to me immediately screamed, you're trying to you know, push out some money here. And then the woman was like, all right, your total is like 1,228 rupees, which they put a little chiron. Transfor- uh, translated to $15, which was clearly by Jenny's response, way more than what they pay for usually. 
So she's like, I'm not paying a thousand. I'm leaving. She's like, no, ma'am, ma'am. Wait, wait, wait. Eleven hundred. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you you knocked up no price there. And then I think she still ended up buying from her, but the scene ended with her walking away from this woman. Okay, so this is 100% me pulling from the very credible website, Reddit. But <laughs> there's a post where someone said, sort like, first of all, source, the poster is Indian. Uh, wasn't going to post about this whole situation, um, but it annoyed me way too much. Read on if you're interested in knowing what the ground reality looks like. And the TLDR is the visit to the market, all staged. So oh. like that, that was their opinion. So the first thing was that um, the lady didn't look anything like someone who's a wholesale farmer. She looked way too dressed up. Well, she her seemed like she was hamming it up. It felt like a bit of a production yeah. from her. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Her insisting on selling one kg had me rolling my eyes. That would never happen. The beauty of buying from traders or any roadside vegetable vendor is you can buy as little as you want. Um, and then there was another comment that was, um, you develop a relationship with your vendor. So if you shop there on a regular basis, they'll recognize your face. So if she was used to shopping with submit, why not go to the regular store? And there's like a whole bunch of points essentially breaking down, like why, what happened was absolutely ridiculous. Okay. So I don't know if the post addresses the next vendor she goes to. Um, but she goes to the next vendor. She's like, I want potatoes. I want onions. She picks out a couple of stuff. And the guy says in Hindi says 300 rupees. And she's like, uh, I guess 500 and just gives him 500. Says, Is that good? He's like, that's good. Or like he nods his head and she walks away. I was like, surely someone is going to say something here. Do you think that did they mention anything about that vendor or did that one? She just, um, you know, without thinking twice, just guess 500 and the guy just made an extra 200. Yeah, I don't know that that I don't know. That also could just be based on her incompetency like that. Like, I, I don't know. I don't think that that that's was what a vendor issue. Like. Yeah, that's what <laughs> like, like that was. Yeah, that was more Jenny being a mess. OK, Um, but then. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll talk. I'll talk about the second part when we talk about Sumit later. Yeah. So when so while Jenny is out overpaying for vegetables, Sumit is back at work. First day back at work at the delivery kitchen. So he used to do this uh, before lockdown happened. Him and Rohit had opened this business a couple months before the pandemic. And now he's back. He tells Rohit immediately he's not sure he can give him every day. He can maybe do five days a week. That's kind of where the compromise is with him and Jenny. And Rohit gets very irritated very quickly and says, well, everything is what Jenny wants. And I think it's time for Jenny to compromise. Thoughts? Yeah. I mean, that would be great if they communicated (laughs) and actually tried to come to some type of you know, compromise, right? I think that it, it 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 all just needs to be a discussion. But I think that Jenny also kind of doesn't want to acknowledge it. Like she is definitely unwilling to bend, it seems like, on the seven day a week situation. But I didn't know that they sort of had this investment in the business. So that also I feel like needs to be taken into account because for example, if you or I chose to start up a business, like obviously being part of a startup requires so much more and is a big investment. And so, you know, you kind of make that decision together. Now he could have had it before they were, no, cause they were together before the pandemic. So I don't, I don't understand. They just, whatever, they just don't communicate clearly. Very, very clearly. Yeah. So I feel like, so then, you know, he also brings up the having a kid to Rohit. No one in his life 
understands why this is suddenly in the equation because he doesn't want a kid. He never has wanted a kid. Now he only wants to have one for the relationship with his parents. And even Rojo was like, I don't know if that would work. I don't know if that's Mm -hmm. going to work. Ultimately, is that going to offset the feelings they have about Jenny? Probably not. Well, let me tell you something else. So from the same poster who talked about what a scam the vegetable market was, they also commented on the adoption and surrogacy laws. First of all, there's age limits set by the government. So both adoption and surrogacy, the couple has to be under 55. So Jenny doesn't qualify for that. And they have to be married for a minimum number of years. So... So he, I mean, listen, am I shocked that Sumit doesn't know this? No, the dude hasn't Googled the thing in his life. So of course he's flying by on a prayer and not really thinking (laughs) twice about it. He's just like, yeah, of course, obviously not a problem. We can definitely adopt, except for the fact that for adoption, only Indian couples are allowed to adopt. So like... Yeah, I don't, I, I just, it, it's not going to happen. And all it's going to do is him bringing this up is going to create more problems. He should have accepted the reality, unless maybe he should have talked to Usman before this about the whole second wife situation in order to have children. Because it's just, yeah, he's it's so dumb. It's just so dumb. Well, dumb is about to get dumber. So <laughs> the, he gets back from work, okay? And she's very happy to see him. Uh, they have a little bit of a jokey session with he looks at the vegetables she buys like why did you buy these big chilies and she's like what did she say Liana I don't have that in my notes what did I she wrote say? it down I wrote yeah. it down because I just I, knew you I would. don't I don't know what it means okay so the interaction is that he, he she bought these like big green peppers that's what they called it a green pepper okay and mm-hmm. Jenny said I quote I bought it as a treat for you you can stick it somewhere then Sumit just giggles and Jenny goes, no, not there. So what? Where, where, his where butt, would, his butt, his butt, he, you think his butt, like a butt plug. Cause it kind of looks like a butt plug. But then did she actually mean in her vagina? Like, I don't, I, no. I, I, what are you doing? No, well, that's what I, I don't know. You can stick it somewhere. That's I guess I hadn't thought of her of. in the equation. I just assumed she was joking with him for him because oh. he gestured towards his mouth and she she said not there. So I assume oh, not in his mouth. Yeah. Oh, oh, OK. So maybe it was. Maybe it was because it does. You know, it's kind of. I've learned too much about Jenny and Sumi's sex life on this show. Can I just put that out there? There's been a lot of, I didn't need to know that. Um, And, and, you know, it's their banter. It's clearly their banter. Um, But not everyone's banter should be on display. You know what I mean? Uh, Anyway. It amused me. Yeah. So he asked her, well, what were you planning on making for dinner? She was like, oh, I was going to boil a couple of potatoes and maybe, maybe I have mashed potatoes. Liana, have you ever had mashed potatoes for dinner a la carte with nothing else? No, I think I've always had. Ma- oh, uh, I, have I got once. my wisdom teeth out. Oh, yeah. Well, I have twice then during the wisdom teeth sesh. And then once as a, as a college student um, who had used up all his money for the month, I had to scrounge in my kitchen and we had some box mashed potatoes that I ate. They were delicious. but. That was it. That was for me. That was when I cook for just me or when I'm eating for just me. Sometimes I'm like, that's fine. I wouldn't 
serve this to like someone else, but I'd eat it, you know? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Mashed potatoes a la carte. Exactly. You know, they have, they, I mean, you can get it from, um, what was the, oh no, I guess it had like corn and popcorn chicken on it from KFC. Didn't they have that weird oh, like bowl, the bowl at one point? Yeah. That had yeah. more than just mashed potatoes. Yeah. In it. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. 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 Right. So, so she was going to make mashed potatoes. And then Sumi was like, well, I thought, you know, you might not be, uh, making dinner. So I, brought you some food that I cooked at the restaurant. And then we get a little Chiron, not Chiron, um, confessional where they're together. And she talks about how she used to just cook easy stuff when she was in the state. So she's like, you know, you get something in a box and then you just throw some meat in it and then eat it. I was like, oh, so frozen food, uh, frozen. No, ham- <laughs> she meant hamburger helper, I think. Well, she said hamburger helper. Um, she said oh, hamburgers. Okay. And then she said pizza. And then he was like, you made pizza? She's like, yeah, you know, just put it in the oven. Like, oh, frozen pizza. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So then they eat the thing Sumit made, which, listen, to be fair, that did look delicious. I thought it looked good. So that's when he decides to drop the bombshell of, hey, Rohit says I might need to work seven days a week. And Jenny was like, well, you told him no, right? She's like, and then this is where Sumit tries to, you know, argue and respond that, well, we are a partner in this business and, you know, this is something we need. Um, and then he also argues for it's better for our relationship to be independent and separate, which I think what he really meant to say by this is, you know, having your own thing to do as well on top of having the relationship. Um, but then Jenny clearly has some doubt with them because Rohit and Sumit are friends, obviously. And she's like, well, are you going to be working the whole time? Or are you going to be hanging out? Because if you come home drunk, we're going to have a problem. So I'm starting to see a little bit of an issue. You know, I've been team Jenny for a long time, right? As far as like picking one between Jenny and Sumit. I have to push back a little bit on Jenny here. I feel like she wa- she legitimately wants him to punch in, punch out with her and be home and not really, you know, have a life outside of, of the relationship, which I understand from a perspective of she doesn't have a life outside of the relationship. Right. Because mm-hmm. we just discussed at length that this is all she's got right now in India. But I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on this? OK, I have, I have a few thoughts. So my first inclination was that she's not just saying this out of nowhere. I have a feeling like there may have been situations previously where he said he was going to go out working and didn't tell her that he was actually going to go like drink and party with friends. So I I think that it like because it just feels a little bit out of nowhere for her to to say that. I don't know. Maybe her mind thinks differently than mine. But I I would have to imagine that there was maybe something in the in the the past, which I think absolutely he should be I don't even want to use the word allowed because he's like you you're both grown adults, right? You are you, there's no one's allowing anybody to do anything. You are coming to an agreement of how you're going to live your life as a team. And part of that, depending on the team, is we each have our own individual time, whether or not we choose to hang out and with our friends, whether we choose to play video games, whatever that alone time is, if you need that as a group, you choose as partners to make that work. So I don't think that there's anything wrong if he comes to her and he's like, hey, don't get me wrong. Look, I do love hanging out with you. But also, I have relationships outside of this. I have friends and I would like to spend time with them. Maybe at the same time, you could call your daughters, you know, and and organize your own night, girls night, make some friends here, whatever the case is. 
But it's just because it's being swept under the rug, I think potentially, right? Then that's where it is seeming like there's more conflict where there really shouldn't be at all. Right. When you sweep too much under a rug, you create a bump and then bumps are, that's right, bumpy. And this is a bumpy situation. Well, if Jenny had gotten the vacuum cleaner, there'd be nothing to sweep. (laughs) That's true. The bumps would have been at a zero. Yeah. So that's the, uh, this is where, you know, things are going to get very interesting with these two moving forward because they both acknowledge that things have gotten a little different since they got married, right? Things are different now that they've gotten married. Uh, Again, Jenny's big worry is that he's going to have a boys night out, which then I would lend to what you're saying. There has to be probably something in the past that has led her to feel this way that, oh, you working seven days a week isn't really work, is it? It's mostly, you know, and I think the other part of it is think of it this way. If you are you open a business with your like best friend, your your close friend, you're going to be working together. But it's also fun because you're Mm -hmm. with your friend. So I feel like that's kind of where she, her head is at with this. But I think that ultimately he has ulterior motives to this working. It's, it's like equal parts. We need independence. And then also, yeah, I want to shut down the USA talk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she doesn't well, know that. And he wants to have a baby and she doesn't know that. And she wants to move to the States and he doesn't know how badly she wants to move. Yeah, that's why I brought it up. Because again, that quote, I want to make more money so we can forget about going to America. That's clearly Mm -hmm. part of the reason. I also wonder if maybe he thinks, oh, we have to have money to pay for adoption or surrogacy. So that's another reason why we need money. I don't think he's not that far ahead. Let's be honest. Oh, okay. I don't know. I mean, he didn't bother (laughs) to Google it, but he might put the two and two together that you need money in order to do that type of thing. Yeah, it's entirely uh, possible. Um, Because again... I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I feel like Sumit's priorities right now are let me get my parents back. Whatever will help get my parents back. Staying in India will help them come back. Having a kid will help them come back. And maybe they approve of stuff. I think ultimately what he has not accepted is that Mm -hmm. divorcing Jenny will bring them back. And that's really what it is. That is correct. That is really, in my mind, the only option that will please his parents. And honestly, if he continues down this path of just doing the going to work seven days a week, hanging out with friends, he might get that. And then he can claim his hands were clean of it all, you know? Yeah, I I get that they love each other, but there's just they just want different things. But, you know, whatever. Be a disaster. Be together. (laughs) (laughs) I get to watch you on TV. I'm cool with that. Yeah. So speaking of watching people on TV. Usually, this is the point where I would say, and next on the next time on, blah, blah, blah happened. They didn't have a next time on. Instead, and this phrasing is important, they had a still to come on 90 Day Fiance Happily Ever After. And it was clearly clips from different episodes, which it begs the question, do I think we are now at the midway point of the season? And I think so. I don't think if we were close to the end, we would get this. So there's still got to be a lot of episodes to go. Truthfully, I do not know where we're going to go with some of these couples. Uh, Liana, did Jenny and Sumit not have a segment in this? I don't remember. I, I don't saw, remember seeing it. I, I don't remember seeing it either. I So uh, we're on episode 10 right now. So if yes. we're halfway, I mean, 20 episodes? I mean, I've, I uh, talked about this with Scally last week, but we looked at it and some of them had the earlier ones had 11 episodes ish the later ones have had 18 but like two of them at least have been tell-alls 
So right. 16 okay. was kind of the number I'm looking at. But I did go ahead and look ahead for the um the schedule to see what the next time on the next episode's write up is on the mm-hmm. on their, you know, on the page or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is what I saw on for next week. Okay, so I'm going to read this out to you. And this might give us a little bit of insight of what to expect come next week. Okay, so uh, Libby and Andre, we don't need to read that part. That is fine. So instead, we're going to read. I don't see any Jenny and Sumit mentioned here. So Jenny and Sumit, not on next episode. Probably. I would believe that that's the case. Yeah. So we're not going to see them. That's fine. We'll see what they do, Nate. I feel like the whole daughter being brought up into the story a couple episodes ago, we have to see her daughter at some point. Talk to Sumit. That's coming. That or they said that they were going to travel, right? Uh, Jenny's daughter and her husband or her uh, wife. That's that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, they're I mean, they're going to come visit. So I feel like that that could happen on this season still. We'll just have to wait and see. Mm -hmm. If they included it, I think they're going to come visit. Yeah, well, let's quickly talk about the next couple here. And I say quickly because truthfully, the show gave them one scene. Okay, Elizabeth and Andre, we have not really seen them on the show in a little bit here since the whole immigration snafu with uh, their USCIS application and interview kind of being in a pending status. But hey, they found some good news, Liana. They found news in a hopeless place. And that news is that Libby's pregnant. They're going to have another child. Yes, she had recently given birth. I felt like I, I knew she was pregnant. So I was just sort of waiting if this were to happen on this season or if it was something that happened after. I assumed it was something based on the timing of when everything was. So, yeah, it, I mean, to me, not surprising. I knew it was coming. It was just a, kind of a matter of when. But, yeah, we get the announcement, at least from them, that they're pregnant. We get to see the 12-week ultrasound and them talking a little bit about how they're excited for another kid. And that's kind of it. That's it. And we hear that, um, you know, Andre doesn't want to tell Libby's family. That's really the only other big thing is he doesn't really want to tell them. Obviously, he still thinks that someone tipped off USCIS on him for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. And he thinks Mm -hmm. it's the family that did it. So Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to tell the family. But I'll tell you this in these in the next time on write up for episode 11, Libby and Andre make a big announcement. So I think. That combined with what we saw in the this season still to come on 90 Day, Elizabeth and Andre have a very interesting announcement that they uh, they found a way to present the news to Chuck. So we're going to see that. And then what I'm the most excited for. Elizabeth and Andre family therapy, where this therapist's office with every single member of the family there, we're talking both her sisters were talking Charlie, Chuck, um, Charlie's <laughs> wife. It's going to be chaos. I immediately messaged Rob and I said, Rob, your favorite family is going to have group therapy come a co- next couple of weeks. So I'm going to need you to be up to date with the show. He said, just let me know which episode and I'll be there. So mm-hmm. I'm sure we're going to tuck into that real nice when it happens. But for now, that's all we got from them, that they are pregnant. And that is kind of the good news in the midst of all this rough stuff with immigration that they're dealing with. Yep. The only quick thing that I'll say about them, because I don't. Well, actually, okay. sorry. Before I say my quick thing, I have a quick question. We don't know the results of the interview, right? Like they, he went in to get the conditions removed. Yes. 
He went in for the interview to get conditions removed. They kind of slipped up on a question of when did you two meet? And they were left in purgatory. Yeah. So they don't. Yeah, they don't know. Okay. I mean, maybe I'm sure they'll find out uh, soon. So then maybe that's like, oh, we found out. So it's okay. He's got his green card. So now here's the thing. They're telling Chuck who's his favorite. I try not, um, I don't look up any spoilers on are they still together for any couples for any of the seasons. That being said, I feel like if someone from the show got deported, that would have hit my timeline, whether I was seeking it out or not. Given that I don't, haven't seen that, I assume everything works out with them. I assume they're fine. Um, again, the lawyer was saying a couple episodes ago, having the fact that you two have a child and a home together, it's surprising yeah. that you're going through the extra process of the interview here. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if, 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 which I assume they had a lawyer to do this for them, but as long as they demonstrated that they were financially intertwined and provided the appropriate evidence for the child, then I, yeah, it is, it is actually very surprising that they went in for the interview. But that being said, you know, there's also, if if maybe someone called or also just something kind of shady in the background, they just kind of want to do another check. I think they're going to be fine. I'm not worried about that. But then I just want to move on to one quick thing that I was going to say about them. I'm not going to lie. When they started talking about the actual Charlie stuff, I, this felt that felt real. That felt like real drama instead of just, oh, Andre's keeping you from us. It was no like we have a brother with uh, addiction issues and like this is actual drama. I was so in on them in the beginning of the season when they were actually dealing with real issues. And then that kind of went away. And so now I'm hoping that that will come back with this therapy. They are my favorite couple to watch this season. And it's not close. Well, That's, yeah, and I, I think mean, part of it. <laughs> what? Well, just who are they? It's like, it's like you're picking, uh, you know. Well, from- of course, this is not <laughs> yeah, a good yeah, cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and especially because of that, because that the drama seems authentic and not made up or repetition of stuff we've seen over and over. It's the same players, but it's a different gameplay. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see how this group therapy goes. I don't know who convinced them to do this. I have to assume Chuck has to have been the one at the at the wheel with this because it feels like Chuck is the only person that a understands Andre and B can get through to Andre to agree to do this because I don't think anyone else, including Libby, couldn't convince Andre to do this. Well, I think there was, though, I, I don't know about Andre. So, yes, you're right. It may have been Chuck, but definitely throughout the season, there were multiple conversations of like, look, Charlie needs to get help. We will sit down and talk like as a fa- like if we all come together to like deal with this, if he's getting help. So I think someone got coerced somewhere around the way to try to like solve this whole situation or Okay, look, guys, do you really want your own TV show? If you guys want your own TV show, you got to all go to therapy together. <laughs> Listen, there's an extra 500 with your name on it. Just saying. Right <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we will talk about Kimbali and Usman. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right. It's time to talk about Soja Boy and Kimbali here. So 
They are currently still in the process of trying to get Usman's mother's blessing to, to wed. And the last time they met, it did not go well. They had the attempt. They bought the, the cow. They saw it as a bribe. Things got uncomfortable. Things didn't work out. And then Usman got very cocky and very irritating and Kim stormed off. Now we're picking up right where we left off here where they're still both trying to make things work. Liana, how has it been watching Soldier Boy back? I At this point, I just want him to run through a bunch of more like older white women. Like if he could just cycle through a bunch more, we just he's just sort of a consistent cast member. And then we see over time how each of them like have to deal with him. That would be very amusing to me. But right now, if, if we're not going to get the, you know, the third not the third quill. That's not the right word. What do you call the, not a sequel, but the third one? A trilogy. Is there a name for that? Well, the trilogy, I think, refers to all three. But anyway, yeah, sure. So if you get the, you know, the third, the fourth, the fifth movie in the season, then I, th- then I think that would start to become amusing. But for this, it was just like, ugh, why are you doing this? You know, it's not going to work. This is just, ne- it's just, it's never going to work. It's just all generic fighting is what I have in my notes. Yeah, I mean, th- again, the, you we you want to talk about a couple that shouldn't be on this specific franchise of Happily Ever After? It's them because they're still in the before the ninety days growing pain. So right, well, I don't think they've ever been happy. So well, I, how do you ask a question about Happily Ever After when I there's mean, first of all no happy and no ever after either? It sounds like you know when when they're doing yammy, they're happy. I mean, she seems happy. I don't know. I don't know, man. I just, yikes. All right. So Kim texts Usman and wants to talk to him. He's out buying sugarcane. They end up sitting down and talking. Um, he still firmly believes, by the way, that he has sacrificed the most in this relationship because he thinks he is the hottest thing since sliced bread. And um, he came up with this new plan. They're going to meet up with his mom again. But with his brother Muhammad, not his brother Farouk, because Farouk was the one who was very hesitant on uh, Kim Bali being involved. And they thought, OK, he wasn't supportive. If we have Muhammad there and not Farouk, that could work better because we need someone who can, you know, give us a stamp of approval that can further, you know, grease mom's wheels to approve as well. Well, they arrive at the meeting place and uh, his mom is there. But so is Farouk. Muhammad, nowhere to be seen. <laughs> the, the only thing I could think of was curses foiled again. <laughs> like he just snuck his way in there. Like, don't you dare try to marry another white woman without my consent. Although did him and baby girl Lisa actually get married? I don't remember. Whatever. That's not important. She's garbage anyway. So that was really funny that Farouk tried to usurp the whole situation. Although I will say this meeting seemed to go the best with him talking about her military service. Uh, and all of that. So at least maybe some progression was made. I don't know. At the end of the day, though, I mean, Usman's mom still wants him to go meet another woman, a paternal cousin, I suppose. I guess that would be the first wife. Like, they're still stuck on the whole, like, first wife, second wife kind of thing where, you know, fine, you can marry this older white lady. But first, you got to have a young wife that can give you children. Yeah, so a lot happened here at this um, meeting of the minds that is Kim Usman, brother Farouk and mother. Uh, So we can go through them here. You mentioned, like you mentioned, actually. Um, So first of all, the immediate thing that got solved is that 
Kim's whole reservation was she felt like she wasn't being given an opportunity to be seen as herself. Rather, she was seen as his ex, directly compared to the ex, which uh, Usman's mom does clarify. Every person's different. That's what I think, factually. She's like, yes, she doesn't see you like that. Don't worry about that. Then Kim decides to try and show them a side of herself. So she shows them photos of her son, Jamal. And also brings up that she was in the military, which Farouk, for some reason, loved. Like this, like Farouk had a full 180 on her based on just this information alone. I mean, it's not like she has a lot going for her. Like her true self is also someone who's thrown drinks in Usman's face twice. So, you know, she could have chosen to bring that true version of herself out. So I guess it's good that she went with the military service. Yeah, we don't talk about those ones. Those ones are maybe great. Because again, Farouk's whole thing was so Farouk actually ends up apologizing here for the um for the misunderstanding earlier and everything, because Farouk felt like, you know, he was trying to protect his brother. And now that he has seen a little bit more about uh Kim, sees how much she cares about him and and who she is, he's kind of warmed up to her. But also he still says that, you know, he thinks the age difference thing is still a little bit not great. And then like you said, um, First of all, Kim still Kim used this phrasing in her confessional that I didn't love. But yeah, I'm trying to lock in that first wife status. I don't think there's a status associated with it. I've been saying this on the podcast for weeks now. That I don't see that as a status, but that's fine. We can put a pin in that for now. Um Usman's mom mentions that, you know, they have someone lined up for him, like you said, a paternal cousin. And that they would like for him to meet her like soon, like they're ready for them to meet, um, which just ends up being a part of the conversation that doesn't land well for for Kim at all. Well, that goes to the whole I'm trying to secure first wife status, right? Because she's, you know, essentially saying there's to her a hierarchy and she needs to be the first wife. But I think it's more important that like, the other whomever the other woman if there is a second wife is like clearly not equal to her like that needs that's something that's like super important for kim yeah i feel like you know i saw this comment that i can't quite take out of my head someone had mentioned that they felt like kim wants to get quote first wife status so that she can shut down second third fourth wife like more wife statuses if that makes sense, that by doing that, then she would have more of a say in putting an end to that. Uh, maybe. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I think also like she's just insanely jealous. Right. And so the fact that like another woman, she seems to have reconciled with the fact that I, but I don't think she like fully realizes what she's agreeing to with having Usman you know, make babies with someone else and marry someone else. I think that jealousy is going to hit really hard. Extremely hard. Yeah, extremely hard. So um, at this point, they leave the Farouk and, and his mom leave. They leave him with this. And Kim's upset that Usman didn't take her side immediately and shoot that down. She also feels like it's disrespectful that she's still here and they want him to meet someone. But Usman's like, you know, I, I got to please you, but not only you, I got to also please my mom. And I feel like this is something that would help with that situation. So that's going to go nowhere. That kind of the episode ends with them with that. And then in the still to come on 90 day, 
the most dramatic moment, which was the last scene we saw in the Silda Come uh, compilation, is Usman and Kim having a big fight. And Kim talking about how they don't even have sex. They don't do this, 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 this. And Usman saying, if you don't understand why you're here, pack your things and go to America. And then we just see a scene of Kim sobbing in the hotel lobby. I mean, again, are we surprised? Insert generic fighting. (laughs) (laughs) So what I'm hearing is you wouldn't be upset to not see them back the future yeah i like uh, it, uh the thing with them is that you just got to speed run it okay like i want to know what happens but i don't want to have to waste a whole season so if we could just like shorten the content maybe usman could do like two white women a season that would be ideal like we get kim the first half and a new one in the second half like let's just cycle through these faster i get bored well let's not be bored any further Actually, that's a horrible segue because uh, this is not an exciting couple. We're going to just rip the Band-Aid off, Liana. We've been starting this since last episode. Uh, When it comes to Big Ed, when it comes to Angela, I would like to try and speed run that and go through it as quickly as possible because I don't want to give them more time than we need, but I want to give people the payoff slash update on what's going on with them. We'll just go ahead and do it. All right. Big Ed and Liz. So they had their big fight, biggest fight ever, even. And I genuinely thought, okay, this is, this is done. Uh, no, uh, spoiler alert, not done. They have both decided to work on the relationship. I got very annoyed when I saw this. And then they, they ended up going to therapy together, which I think is very healthy, very good to go with. Um, and they talked about the topic of security, feeling secure in a relationship. What does that mean? And, you know, uh, Liz brings up a little bit about feeling financially secure slash independent, wanting to be her own person within the relationship and not having to be uh, completely entangled with someone to the point where if something breaks down, everything breaks down, having a little bit of your own thing to go to. And she makes it clear that she feels like she can't do that because she wants to go back to work full time. And Big Ed has reservations because he's super insecure and he feels like he can't trust her because. You know, for her to go work full time to hang out with coworkers means that she's choosing them over him. That's how he sees it. Meanwhile, on the big ed department of security, he what makes him feel secure in a relationship is unconditional love. And that's why Liz going back to work would scare him and that he doesn't quite like the idea that she would go back working full time, even though that's something she wants, because he thinks that going back full time would entail hanging out with people that are giving their relationship problems. And why would you want to choose to go back into that environment as opposed to be with me? Uh, once again, Big Ed, very selfish, very much thinking about himself over anybody. And uh, I don't think the therapy session changed anything, but at least it, that's a positive thing, right? Going to therapy is good. We endorse that. Yeah, unless you're going with your abuser. Like, literally, this felt like Big Ed just taking notes of like, all right, how can I emotionally manipulate her? I next got more week? weak points. Yeah, yeah I got like more now I know jabs to throw. She's being vulnerable and talking yeah. about like I guarantee you the next fight they have, he's gonna say something about living in your car. Like, yeah, well, that's that the was thing. One of the things like I just know, I just know it. This guy, fuck, this guy freaking sucks. I'm over it. They're toxic, insecure, and codependent, and I don't like them. I see much. through him. Liz needs that's- real. Liz, I think needs. I think Liz could get help. Okay. Big Ed is uh, too late. A lost too cause. Late for him. He's a lost yeah, cause. A lost he's a lost cause. cause. Because yeah. even he has lines that he says in in this in the confessionals this episode that I was like, that is good observation for a regular person. 
I don't think, I think Big Ed knows optically what he should say, but he doesn't follow it. He talks about, he admits to his insecurities, but I don't think he takes a step back and goes, hmm, these are my issues. I shouldn't project them onto my partner. Because then again, at the end of the episode, when he's in therapy, he has another confessional where he talks about how, yeah, I just don't understand why you would do that because that would, you know, bring me pause to the relationship as to why you would want to spend time with them. It's your insecurities. Mm-hmm. You said that already, but I guess you're not going to listen to yourself. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, yeah. quick ad break because we're going to have one more band aid to rip off in a, in a sec here. Uh, so when we come back, we will talk about Michael and Angela real quick. Stay tuned. Oh, Lord. Michael and Angela time. Here we go. Liana. Okay. So Michael and Angela, the whole discussion this this whole season is Michael has an Instagram account that he does not give access to Angela to. Angela doesn't trust him, thinks he's scamming, wants him to take it down. She goes to Nigeria uninvited to surprise him and to then make him remove it. He says no. They meet up again to talk about it. She says remove it. He says no. That's how the episode ended last time. But we get into this episode and she's talking to Renee on the phone on FaceTime. And who's next to her? Oh my God, Michael is here. Apparently Michael followed uh, Angela back to the hotel. He apologized and he said that he would take down his Instagram. So they had makeup sex. Okay, they had makeup sex. But when they're going to talk about it further now, or Michael would like to, Michael's trying to argue the side of, hey, double income's good. That would be good. And Angela's like, no, you said you would take it down. Why haven't you taken it down? Oh my God, you didn't take it down. You were lying. This was your masterpiece. And you fooled me to get me into bed. That is why you did that. That is why you promised that. And then now you're you're turning back on it. And Michael tries his best to say, you know, it's not all about you. You have a partner now. This is a partnership. I This is my opinion. Like if I'm removing it, will you remove yours? And she's like, no, because I never gave you doubt. I never betrayed you. You betrayed me. And, you know, more she's tired, whatever. She's frustrated. So now she's very angry. She storms off there. They were sitting outside talking about this. So then they get back to the hotel and she still thinks that he not only is he full of BS, but also that he lied to her to get into her pants. That's what she says. Um, and then Michael does have a line where he says, it's a lie of love because I love you. Uh, don't know what that means, Michael. I, I can't help you with that one. But then she storms off. She tells Renee, go talk to Michael. I'm not talking to him. And Renee says she sees problems on both sides here and that, you know, they should have a drink, wait for her to cool off. And Michael ends the episode by saying, I will not back down of this fight. And for that, I'm very proud of him that he will not back down. What I would wish he did be like, I'm not backing down and I'm done. That's what I want. Give me the I'm done portion because I don't think this is going to work. I think Michael deserves better than to have to deal with someone who is literally a thorn in his side, abusive, and I'm not okay with it. Liana? Yeah, I mean, she's an abuser at the end of the day. So, and Michael is unfortunately caught in that cycle of abuse. Um, so, yeah, uh, over uh, over them. I don't want to hear about her coochie. Uh, and I hope that Michael is okay because he genuinely seems like truly such a sweet soul. Like I did go and took a peek at his Instagram. Literally, the it says Michael 90 Day Fiance is like his name or whatever. And right, the first line underneath says, I love my wife, Angela. <laughs> like, He's not scamming you. Okay. We've seen this storyline now for how many seasons. He's not scamming you. All he wants to do is come to America and see a Walmart. Okay. 
That's all Michael's interested in. He just wants to see a Walmart. He just wants to see that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say they probably had after Elizabeth and Andre's family therapy, they have the most intriguing still to come on 90 Day Fiancé segment for me because Angela calls Billy, Billy being the the man, the mystery man from Canada who we saw in the first episode that she's been duetting TikToks with. She calls him. He calls her an angel on the phone. He doesn't know that Michael's sitting next to her. Michael storms off and Michael's mad. I want Michael to leave her. I want Michael to be upset with her. And this is a step in the right direction in that regard. So I'm excited to see that. And I'll break that down when that time comes. We can now move to the last couple of the night. Liana, I know that they are, I don't know how to phrase this. They're bad too. I know you don't like them. Let's talk about Jovi and Yara. How about you set us up for this one? Uh, I have a soft spot in my heart for them, which I know I shouldn't because of reasons. But like, I couldn't help it. As soon as it was like, oh, they're moving to New Orleans. Although Yara keeps like making fun of New Orleans all the time, which, you know, look, I, I get their aspects of the city that people might not enjoy. But like, Yara, come on, calm down a little bit. All right. So Jovi and Yara, okay. They are in Prague, obviously, and one of them is enjoying Prague more than the other, I would say, even though we did see Jovi actually, you know, out and about with his friend having a pint the other day. Yeah, Jovi's not loving Prague the way Yara is. Yara is very excited to explore Prague with her mom and Mila. She offers Jovi to come through. Jovi says, I'm going to be working, so I'm going to stay at home. So the three of them go out for a walk sans Jovi. And. It's very clear that Yara's mom is not only happy to be walking around here with her family, but to have her granddaughter here she loves. She says that she'd be happy to see them live here. And she even suggests, how about you look at some apartments here? How would that go? And Yara says she hasn't talked to Jovi about this yet, but her family that's in Ukraine will be seeking a move to check as well. So she would actually consider doing this. She feels like being back in Europe, she misses it. She wants it. And this is something that she would be very much open to. Liana, what are your thoughts on this whole situation? Again, like most problems on 90 Day Fiance, I think that the inherent request there is no issue with. It is how those issues are communicated, right? Because logically, of course, Yara wanting to have a place in Europe, perhaps if their family is coming in with refugee status, obviously you have the war that's going on in Ukraine to be able to maybe, you know, buy an if financially her and, and, and Jovi could afford it for them to buy a place to maybe have the family come and stay in the apartment. She could even, you know, charge them a little bit of rent once they got on their feet after being refugees. She could come and visit for a couple months out of the year. Like, if they have the finances, I see absolutely nothing wrong with doing this situation. Like, honestly, you and I have talked about this a little bit of like, if you want to go back to Canada for like a couple months at a time or a month at a time or something like that, I have absolutely no problem with that. Because fundamentally, at the end of the day, I care about you. And I know that you being in a place you feel comfortable is something that's important. So if Jovi and Yara actually talked about it, and you know, Yara was like, look, I, I understand you want to live in the United States full time and I'm okay with that. Also, I would like to do this thing and maybe we can find a compromise. For example, Jovi is gone for three to six weeks at a time. Perhaps that's the time that Yara 
goes to Prague to spend time with her mother and her family. Like I, I, I see absolutely no issue with that. And I don't see why they can't work out something. Finances, obviously, aside, buying property, travel, all of that is going to be quite expensive. So it's just the way that they're handling it. She's not bringing it up to him. She's bringing it up to him as like, oh, we're going to go look at places. Not like, hey, I want to have a conversation with you about the possibility of this. So again, I don't think like inherently it is a problem. It is just the way that they communicate or should I say lack of communication. You definitely don't sound frustrated with their lack of communication. That I'll, I'll just say their that. problems are solvable. I think that's the because here's the thing: we look at couples like freaking I don't know. Pick pick a pick a mess. Pick a mess on the table. There's couples out there that just fundamentally like I just don't see how you can come up with not even a compromise, but like an alternative solution. Right? Let's think outside the box. Let's try to figure out how to make this work. Like there's just some that are just, it's just, it's just not solvable. Like it's just not solvable. And there's a so solvable. And I totally think that they're compatible. And I think assuming that Jovi and Yara have the resources, you know, with whatever she's doing her online thing, he's got his underwater aquatic robotics engineered offshore nonsense. Like there's gotta be a way that they could do this and like make this work. And it's just, just talk to each other. Unless this is a whole like we're doing this for TV so we can make money to buy an apartment in Prague, which also I respect the hustle. Fine, girl, if that's your choice, like you guys get your bag. But just, ah, they frustrate me. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, Jovi keeps bringing up one point that is important, right? Is that with her uh, green card, she has to stay and live in the States six months out of the year at minimum, right? Okay. So, doable. Yeah, it's absolutely doable with the arrangement. She's saying, you know, she just wants to have flexibility of having a place to then, you know, you know, be here one month, be here one month, be you know, or so on. And she's even saying, you know, I don't know their finances. I don't I don't know their books, but it she's implying that she's making enough money that it would be from her money, not the not the money that he's making. And we've had, you know, we've discussed this where yeah, as a couple, as a married couple, it's our money. So any decisions we make, we definitely do consult each other. But I understand where she's coming from in that, well, you can't quite make an argument about where's the money coming from. If I'm answering that, I'm not touching your money. Why is it a big deal? But also he is definitely, in my opinion, being way too like insensitive about the whole thing because she, her family is going through the most right now. And she has been living in, you know, Jen is similar to Jenny, right? She's living in a place that is foreign to where she's from. And while Yara, I would say, has more of a, you know, she's got her friends that Jovi doesn't like. She's got, some, yeah, she's got a little bit going on there. Yeah, but, Jovi should be happy about it. It'll get her away from the friends. Although, did you see, well, never mind. I don't know if I can talk about it. Well, well I'll tell you offline. All right. Sounds good. You will tell me offline. Um, it's just to me. Like you said, communication will help. Um, but I can understand why Yara kind of unapologetically wants to have a living arrangement closer to her family. Now, the implications from Jovi that like, my, I know my mom did say, what if she wanted to stay there? And like, now I'm like worried about that. Uh, on top of that, also literally saying he's gonna go with them to see these apartments because he would like to block any shot at them getting an apartment. I don't love. Also, you know, champagne in the morning is fine. The dude took the champagne to the shower to take a shower before going to see them. I don't think that is a healthy idea 
for a situation like this. Also, I don't love having this argument in front of your daughter. I didn't love that. I didn't love that at all. Um, I don't know where this is going to go because I definitely do see some faults in both, but I think the faults for me are in communication in both. But then I just feel like, again, Jovi's just very insensitive and, and does not, he lacks empathy is what I'm trying to say. Okay, a few things. So one, of course, Jovi lacks empathy. He's a dum-dum. We've been new. <laughs> the thing is, is that if I were Jovi, yes, you absolutely need to be empathetic. If you are Yara, you also have to say, hey, I would like to talk to you about something instead of like, oh, we're just going to look at property. You don't have a say in this F off, right? Because even if it's something that is so important to you, you need mm-hmm. to make that clear to the other person. Like, hey, I really need to talk to you about something. I need to tell you how important this is to me. And I really want to do it. But I want, you know, we we are a team and I want the buy-in that you're okay with this. It is also very important to me, you know, right? Like as long, and then of course, if you have a partner who hopefully understands and you're not going to be like doing something super wild and crazy, then yeah, you got, you guys are like the person would be like, yeah, I totally understand that. I understand why you need this. It's going to be a big ask, but we'll make it work because it's so important to you, right? If we, if you wanted to go back, like again, with you going back to Canada and staying in Canada, I wouldn't be, it would be really tough. Yeah. To have you he- not here for a month. But if that's your decision uh, and you need that 100%, I support you, right? Because we're a team and we want to try to figure out something that works the best for both of us. So I think, I think faults in both, on both sides. Obviously, though, given the war in Ukraine, y- like Jovi's got to amp that up like big time, you know, like, Come on, buddy. It's her family is literally in a war zone. Like, And, and you're not there. I think that's the other yes. big thing for me is that you are not there a month at a time. So to be like, um, I'm going to go to work because I have to, but you cannot leave and you have to be here. And, you know, we, we've seen that Gwen wasn't quite around for a little bit there. But also, I don't like your friends, so don't hang out with them either. You're essentially saying, stay at home with Myla in the States, love the States, love this city that you don't quite like, and deal with it. But I, however, will not deal with you suggesting a new thing. I will not agree to buy furniture. I will not. I I do not compromise. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. It's the, un- the unwillingness to compromise, especially when your partner is or would have communicated to you that this is something this is very that is very valuable right because my biggest question watching this scene was like have they not talked about this before this is like a big thing to talk about and it did just feel like it sort of came out of nowhere uh if jovi hadn't heard anything about this before right so i get why yeah. he was frustrated but also understand the context of the situation like she did not communicate it well Right. Like fundamentally, she did not communicate it well. To me, that is very clear. Also, he could learn to be more empathetic. Yes. All right. And in terms of having the conversation in front of the daughter, obviously not a parent. Okay. But I would have loved if my parents could have demonstrated how to resolve conflict in front of me in a constructive way. (laughs) Now, I know their daughter is very young. Myla's very young. So maybe she's not even going to pick anything up. But I believe that demonstrating successful conflict resolution is something that is okay to do in front of your children. As a non-parent, I can speak freely knowing that I don't have to do any of this. (laughs) So that is my feeling on that situation. Of course, assuming that you are doing it in a way that is demonstrating healthy conflict resolution. Yeah, I think healthy is the key word for me. 
they don't do. So right, exactly. All right. So then, uh, still the common nine day fiance, Jovi and Yara. They have the conversation of living in Europe versus living in the U.S. Um, and Jovi says Yara's planning a new life that I'm not a part of, which sounds like you don't want to be a part of. Not that it's again. You are saying because I'm not happy with it, you're trying to cut me out, which I disagree with. But that is another rant for another podcast for another episode of this never ending season of 90 Day Fiance. Liana, thank you so much for coming through and talking through all this with me. I know that your time is limited and is precious. I do appreciate you doing me and the listeners a solid and gracing us with your lovely presence here. Where can people find you? What else do you have going on? around these parts uh you can find me on twitter at liana rhap as we mentioned at the top of the show chugging along with the survivor bnb we had a really fun episode this past week um with mary krakowski who got to talk about uh, all of the stupid silly things under the sun and you and i are doing mass singers sort of because of baseball <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> Game three got delayed by rain so that everything got pushed today. Yeah. Which I will see how that impacts Sunday <laughs> because this next week is, is wild. They're doing two episodes on one night. It's going to be a lot, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to another 90 day part. Uh, sorry, the mass singer part. Uh, as far as myself, you can find me on Twitter at Puyism. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. I do stream there three times a week. Come through, say hi. Would appreciate that. And uh, like Liana said, Mass Singer, we're doing we're doing it when they let us do it, when they show us episodes, and uh, we're having fun. So check us out over there. And uh, that's about all we've got for you here today. Thank you so much for coming through and listening to us. I hope you have a lovely week. I'll be back next week to talk episode eleven. But until then, take care. Have a good one. Bye. 